0: The Hamlet Podcast, episode 115. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Hamlet, with me your host, Conor Hanrity. As we begin the fourth act of the play, I'm delighted to let you know that we recently cleared a lovely milestone of 100,000 listens to the podcast. I don't think this means quite that number of individuals out there are tuning in just yet, but regardless, I'm very grateful for your company and I hope you'll continue sharing this journey for the hundred or so episodes still to come. Act four is perhaps the most varied, philosophical and complicated act of the play. It has seven scenes and it swirls chaotically through the aftermath of Hamlet's mad behaviour in act three. We last saw him dragging the corpse of Polonius from Gertrude's closet Awkwardly joking about it and wishing his mother a good night. Act 4, Scene 1 begins with Gertrude back in Claudius's company. She promised Hamlet that she wouldn't breathe a word of what he had told her in the previous scene, but didn't quite promise not to spend the night with her husband. Different editors have different opinions as to what's happening on the stage. There's no actual stage direction for Gertrude to exit at the end of the previous scene, so it could even work in performance to have the king enter and the new scene begin immediately afterwards. Although, as we will discuss next week, there is a case to be made for a scene break in the second half of the text. Given that the action continues almost immediately, there's no pressing case for a scene break or even an act break, but the tradition has it that it happens right here, and therefore we will observe it. The king and the queen, if necessary, enter this new scene accompanied by Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. There isn't a stage direction for it, but given how the text begins, the performer playing Gertrude should probably be in something of a state of distress. Claudius begins... There's matter in these sighs, these profound heaves. You must translate. Tis fit we understand them. Where is your son? Claudius is sounding as imperious as ever. He can't just ask Gertrude what's wrong, and instead he's tripping over himself with questions. What's the meaning of these sighs? There's something to them. You're sighing so profoundly. You must translate or explain. It's only fitting that I should understand what's going on with you. All very well but then immediately Shakespeare tacks on a little panic. Claudius wants to know at all times what Hamlet might be doing, and so he also has to ask, where is your son, which he will repeat. He takes a step toward showing concern for Gertrude's emotional state, but can't stop himself from showing how rattled he has been by Hamlet's behaviour. For all her sobbing or her sighing, Gertrude shows some tact here, and rather than saying anything, she first of all dismisses her observers. Rather graciously, she turns to Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, or whoever else might have accompanied the king, and says, bestow this place on us a little while. The queen asks for the room, and is granted it, and once they're gone, she manages to exhale. Ah, my good lord, what I have seen tonight! There's nothing too complicated in the language of this outburst. But we should be on tenterhooks now, because she could well be on the brink of breaking her promise to Hamlet. She said she wouldn't, but now she's crying and vulnerable. What is she going to reveal? Claudius is, of course, very interested, and he asks, What, Gertrude? How does Hamlet? And Gertrude obviously has to tell him something. How does Hamlet? Well, she says... Mad as the sea and wind when both contend which is the mightier. In his lawless fit, behind the arras, hearing something stir, whips out his rapier, cries a rat, a rat, and in this brainish apprehension kills the unseen good old man. Hamlet is as mad as a storm at sea when the water and the wind compete to show off who is the mightier. That's a pretty wild state for a young man's mind to be in. She calls it a lawless fit, he's out of control, there is no law governing him. And in this state, hearing something stir behind the arras, he whipped out his rapier, cried a rat, a rat, as we all saw, and his brain taken over by this madness, he killed Polonius, the unseen good old man. This is exactly what happened, of course. The only difference is that Hamlet has just about convinced his mother that he's not mad, despite this rash assassination, and indeed the very troubling moment in which he appeared, to her eyes at least, to see a ghost when there was nothing there. He has made her believe that he's not mad, and he's made a passionate case to her not to devote any more time to Claudius. She hasn't quite relented on the latter point, but at least she's playing along and continuing the ruse that Hamlet is mad. Claudius is dismayed at Polonius's demise. Oh heavy deed, It had been so with us had we been there. True to form, he sees everything through a lens of self-preservation. His first thought is not of Polonius's son and daughter, but of himself. It had been so with us had we been there. I would have died too if I had been behind that curtain. And then his mind races straight back to Hamlet. He continues, His liberty is full of threats to all, to you yourself, to us, to everyone. Alas, how shall this bloody deed be answered? It will be laid to us whose providence should have kept short, restrained, and out of haunt this mad young man. Hamlet is a danger to everyone, for as long as he's let Rome free like this, his liberty is full of threats to all, to the Queen, to Claudius, to everyone. Alas, Claudius wonders, how shall this bloody deed, Polonius' death, be accounted for, or indeed how might Laertes react? This is a question very much worth asking. Claudius is concerned now because he feels like Hamlet's actions will be seen as his responsibility. It will be laid to us, he says. It will be seen as our fault, whose providence should have kept short, restrained and out of haunt this mad young man. In other words, we should have locked him up, tied him down and kept him out of sight. Claudius is still smarting from the huge embarrassment and exposure Hamlet caused by goading him into reacting to the play and now he's realising what a liability Hamlet is. Bad enough, the insult of the theatricals and the awkwardness of any questions as to why that play might have upset him, but now this insane young man, as he sees him, has actually killed someone in a fit of rage. What good leader would not be trying to restrain him? Now Claudius seems almost tender, as he describes how he was almost too blind to see Hamlet's rage – Now, perhaps this could be played as sincere, but given that he's the villain of the piece, I think it's probably more interesting to imagine that he's trying to manipulate Gertrude by saying that he just loved her son, his nephew, too much to see how bad things were getting. He explains, But so much was our love. We would not understand what was most fit, but, like the owner of a foul disease, to keep it from divulging, let it feed even on the pith of life. Where is he gone? Here Claudius echoes an image that Hamlet used in the previous scene, the idea of an illness that infects unseen and poisons all within. Now Claudius is suggesting that Hamlet's madness is also such an illness, and that his love for the prince is what kept him from seeing what was necessary. This foul disease to keep from manifesting clearly would feed even on the pith of life, the very marrow of the bones, and as such Claudius couldn't see how serious the danger was until it manifested in Polonius' death. And as ever he brings it right back to his own immediate concern. Where is he gone? I always enjoy the idea that Elsinore is a big enough castle that even the crown prince can find a place to hide or in this case can find a place wherein he can hide the dead body of a very high-ranking courtier, even for a few minutes. Claudius must be demented with anger and worry if he doesn't know where Hamlet actually is. Perhaps Gertrude has a clear answer to his question, where is he gone? But we'll save what she says next for the next episode. For now, thank you for listening and as ever you can check out the website thehamletpodcast.com for extra information that accompanies each episode and the full archive of all of the podcasts to date. I do love hearing from you wherever you are in the world so don't hesitate to get in touch on social media or indeed via the form on the website. I'll speak to you next time.